Al Gower, welcome to today's Inside the Firm podcast. Thank you, Lance Cycle slash guy from NPR. How's it doing? It's Friday. <laughs> Where, where's the jazz music? <laughs> Today, our special is we're going to bring in a jazz musician and just talk about jazz for the next two hours. Just kidding. We're not NPR. We are not doing that. Yeah. Thank the Lord. Uh, <laughs> so a uh, sh- uh, big shout out to, um, uh, again, Corey Trudell. Uh, for for uh, the nice message he gave us the other day, and what he re- why why I bring him up is because uh, he he he's saying he said I, I love to listen to you guys, but just wondering if um, we'll ever have any intro music. So honestly, if anybody out there is listening and they have uh, a good idea for some intro and outro music or something like that or a better uh, introduction, or if you just or if you do just like us going off the cuff hitting 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 the record and saying whatever the heck we feel that day. That's fine with us, dude. Give us some feedback on that. I, w- I would like to know. Because yeah. we're, we're trying to hone this thing into, you know, we're trying to learn learn and make it better as we go. We've also had positive feedback that they like that we just start talking. I kind of like that we just start talking. Me too. Maybe, Maybe we're me. different. I don't know. Maybe we're different. Who knows? I got a question for everyone out there too. Well, and an announcement. Um, starting next week, we're basically going to have uh, what I hope is a series of guest speakers, speakers that you'll probably know, answer the question and the two questions. The question, first question is, what is the worst advice in your career you've ever got or a story about that? And then what is the best advice you've ever got and a story about that? And next week we should have, um, who do we have? Evan Troxel. Evan Troxel from Arky Speak. Uh, hope to get a bunch of other people too. Um, so, if- so Alex, the question, yeah, what, what is the question you would ask him specifically? Just so I'm there. What is the worst advice you've ever gotten in your career? What is the best advice you've ever gotten in your career? Would you be okay with people just sending in audio? So that's what I was going to say. If you're a listener and if you have a story, record yourself and send in audio. That's what I that's that's what they're going to do too. These like the the people that are more famous than you, me, everyone else. Way more famous. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, totally they are. <laughs> yeah. So if you can record yourself if you have a story, Please do send it in. We would we'd be more than happy to put put you on um, and splice in splice in the audio. Uh, again, I know Mark Mark LePage. One of the ways we first run his podcast is you could send in audio um, to just in- introduce yourself as as a listener and who you are and what you do. So yeah. I would encourage everybody to do that. A lot of people you can just do it with your iPhone or or your or your Android phone if you have that. I know there's apps out there you can just record into the microphone. Email us uh, the MP3 or the WAV file. And email it to Alex, I think. Yep, akg at f9productions.com. And then you know what he's going to do with that email? He's going to forward it on to me because I'm the audio guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but hey, Mark, if you're listening, which you probably are, we're going to ask you <laughs> this question. So you might as well save me an email. <laughs> Just answer the question and send it. Um, and then if you, by the way, also, if you send something in and you want to remain anonymous, we're, we're, we're happy to just say anonymous listener. Uh, maybe give us a funny idea for, for your name, like anonymous li- listener 63745 yep. turbo. Turbo. Ooh, I like that. Very nice. Um, today's show, we're going to talk about two things. We have a segment called insider trading, where we're going to talk about the numbers of what it takes, um, to get investors on board on your development project. And then we're going to talk about crushing my, uh, spirit animal. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So Alex, Alex has been, um, faithfully and diligently running, running through, is it a pro, are you doing a pro forma? For the development project, basic yeah. is it basically a pro forma? So it's not in the pro forma format because I need to get real construction costs. So it's in like it's a, more of a development yep. budget. Yep. And then I'll put those numbers into the pro forma. Where yeah. did you if, if people are even if they want to do like a house, let's just say that it's a very small awesome. project. Okay. 
where where would you suggest how do people start and where did you start looking for your numbers great question great question by the way i'm interviewing alex today mostly on the first half of the podcast uh because he's been doing most of the work on that and i'm just i'm just here yeah. to ask him questions so two things i asked my business partner lance psycho shout out lance psycho <laughs> i go uh give me your house spreadsheet mm. um so and, he, and so just so everybody knows the house spreadsheet was from the developer slash builder who built my house. I obviously designed it, and um, but what, the the deal I worked out with him, and I would encourage anybody who builds their own house for the first time but doesn't GC it or doesn't or isn't the developer, but you're the architect. Two things: one, see if you can trade them your plans um, if they're reluctant to do it, because this was a semi custom builder, not a full custom builder. And the deal, and he was tired of custom clients. So the deal, my wonderful fiance actually worked out was she said, "We will trade you the plans for free, but you can't build this house within a 50 mile radius." The second thing is, uh, knowledge is power, right? So we negotiated that we would have an open book contract with him, and there, therefore, the end result was we got that spreadsheet and we could see what local numbers were on the ground. So super valuable. Yep. So that's that's one real world example. Uh, then the second place I went was the NAHB, which is the National Association of Home Builders. And I just Googled, I'll, I'll tell you what I Googled. Um, it was housing construction cost percentage. And literally the first thing that popped up, I clicked on, and I already knew about these guys and I knew that they had it. So I just one of, one of our former employees actually turned us on to these, this cost metric, which was great. Yep. And basically they have for, uh, I think I found the 2016 they have up. I have 15 on my screen. But basically, it goes through um, different categories like site work, foundation, framing, you know, keep on going. And then it breaks down inside of those uh, headers, basically. So for, um, let's go framing. There's framing, there's trussing, trusses, and then there's shoring. So I'll say the average price. Is it echoing in here? Did you hear that? It kind of feels a little echoey. Yeah. Maybe, hey, can you shut that one door? Yeah. We normally have that one door shut. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> So it'll give you the average cost of the house, and then um, then it'll break it down in percentage, right? So then I made my own spreadsheet, and then I put in the cost per square foot. Well, well we kind of know the cost per square foot just for the construction size, and then we know how many square foot we're going to make, right? So that gave us our overall price. So let's say our overall all price for these townhomes is, I'm just going to make up round numbers, 225000 okay? Sorry, and this and this overall price, Alex, is this overall price the overall price that we are saying? Okay, we can we we can likely build it for this price. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we can likely build it for this price, two hundred twenty-five k, and then in the spreadsheet, I put in all the percentages from the uh, National Association, uh, yep, of home builders, and then it gave me all the breakdowns. So for like plumbing, for electrical work, all that stuff. So when we start to get bids. Now we can compare them uh, uh, against two things. One, this breakdown of the averages, right? So that we could say, okay, um, HVAC came in a thousand lower, um, but metal came in four thousand higher. Um, and then we can say, okay, HVAC and electrical and something else came in a thousand dollars lower. So now that structural is four thousand dollars over. It, it equals out. So we we're and then. We can use as a reference your house too, because your house is probably twice as big as these. Yeah. So it should be close, close to half the cost. So we can really triangulate and really know that we're getting the right price. 
Yeah. Um, Checks and balances, right? And there's yeah. no, uh, I don't think there's any perfect formula to do this. I think you have to find your own formula. So again, we're just kind of explaining this our, the way the way we did it slash Alex did it yep. uh, for you. So quick question mm-hmm. uh, about those percentages. In those percentages, you talked a lot about, you know, you, you, well, you just named framing, you know, stuff that's actually construction wise. What, what else, what else was in there? Was there any other extraneous fees that they listed out like tap fees, architectural fees, contractor fees, permit fees? Did they have almost everything? So they have, uh, those other extraneous ones, they have finished lot costs. So I think the tap fees are included in, well, let's go reason. Okay. Total construction costs. They have financing costs, um, overhead, marketing costs, sales commission, profit, um, and that's it. So inside the finished lot, lot costs are taps. We know in, in Longmont because then I went down to the city, um, and then I need to send them in an estimate. I need to fill out all these forms and then they'll give me an estimate. But of course I just made another spreadsheet and then did all the math for them. Um, so that we know how much it's about. And then I'll send them that too as a double check and then they'll do their own math. Um, but our tap fees are going to be way more than the, than, 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 than what this, this spreadsheet was than saying. the average. Right. And I, the reason for that is this, everything comes down to a locality. So I think where Alex, where we talks about this triangulation, that's why I think it's important to try to get, a uh, some kind of, a if you have an analysis of a building cost from something that you have built or your firm has built or your friend has built or something like that. So you can ping it locally compared to these national averages. If you're just starting out from scratch like us, it, the reason why ours is going to be more expensive is because tap fees here are just expensive. Yep, absolutely. Let's see what you they go, pay you for. You go east. You go east of us right now. So we we're in Boulder County. If you go east of us or north of us, so if you go east, it's Weld County. North is Larimer. Much cheaper. They're like half price. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> so now that we have that, we there's still some other big costs that you have to nail down, and one is financing. So how are so. Um, let's say that this whole development is going to be 1.2 million, right? The bank is going to want at least 20% down. So how do we get that big number? And then that's what I was talking to some people about and, and trying to get. So there's two ways. There's two kind of investors that you can get. Um, one, you know, because let's say it's $400,000 that, that we're going to have to get $300,000 or something like that. Um, they want a percentage well, yeah, a percentage of the profit, right? So basically when I was doing all my numbers in my spreadsheet, I, I, I reduced all of F9's management costs, all of us to basically be the, um, the contractor. And I really reduced it so that in my head, I thought, oh, that's safe because then we'll only take our money at the end. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And investors are not going to want that at the end. This is their first thoughts that that we had that uh, assumptions. well, I, I, I said to uh, the developer guy I was talking to, I go, will they see that big number at the end, which a lot of it is rightfully ours for the work that we did and want a bigger percentage of it? He's like, absolutely. They're going to want to just gut that as much as possible. If they're people with money, then they're smart people because, yep. you know, so they're not, they're going, they're going to, and then potentially they've already also been developers. I mean, uh, investors before in development. So they know how this works. There's nothing, you can't hide any of this stuff from me. You got to show them all of your numbers in your books. Yep. Yep. So <clears throat> he says, you need to pay yourself fairly. Um, so then I moved some of that money that was in the profit that we were going to take later and put it back into the you know, construction management, um, architecture fees, architecture fees, all that. And what's, but, but 
what's also a selling point is those that, that I moved back is still lower than if we hired out. You know what I mean? Like if we had a contractor to do this, it'd be at least $270,000 where I think I put in, I moved back just to a hundred. So we're saving 170, like right there. Um, uh, quick question about those fees. So, <clears throat> so you're, you're talking about going after investors, but before that, so one, we went and talked to a bank, um, at the end of last year about a different possible development. And we were encouraged to hear a couple things from them. So one thing is you can use, let's say you get a, you push the project through, you get through site plan development, you finish the permitting, you can use that achievement and you've, it's sweat equity basically as cash. It's it. They look at it as cash and an actual asset. And if you, and if anybody follows Jonathan Segal, he calls it Johnny money. So you're playing with Johnny money. Yeah. So our taps, taxes and fees are going to be about $33,000 per unit. So would it, for it to count, would we have to pay those two? Because that would be like, it's accepted and you paid. So like, yeah. So we might even need an investor for that small initial part. You know, we'd pay some of it. And then, hmm, that's interesting though. Yeah. But I think that could work out in our favor. Yeah. So, so the the other thing you can use is you can defer. The bank also told us you can defer contractor fees up front and use that as part of your down payment. Now, this is not every bank will do this, but ones that loan for construction sometimes do this, right? Depends. Yeah. The same thing for the developer fee. They actually want to see a line item on your pro forma as the developer. You can defer that uh, yeah. until until the end, and then you can defer the contractor fees too. So you, there's. You have ca cash just by you wearing more hats and doing the work and not billing for it and deferring it later on. You know that it's a possibility. So basically what, what, what you're saying is that would take, um, so let's say, let's say we could realistically be the contractor for, for $50,000 because we have to pay people's salaries. Yeah. We have to pay your salary, Jason's salaries, every, everyone's salary, right? But realistically, like it should be a hundred, a hundred and fifty. Yeah, a large so, percentage of the con the, the overall build. Yep. Um, so when we go to the bank, the bank could say, okay, I, let's just say out of one hundred and fifty, take that hundred, and then that counts towards your down payment. Yes. And then now that doesn't that doesn't kind of show up on the profit side where investors, if they are, there's two types. I haven't been to the second type, but if they are that, we want a percentage of the profit. It doesn't exist for them. Yes. Because. Yes. But at the end of the day, so the reason why I kind of bring that up, I interjected and brought that up um, before Alex really got into the investor part is just because you can have those things doesn't mean you're still not going to need to go to investors in the end. And at the end of the day, we're going to try to, we if we can do get this all done without anybody else, and it's just Alex and I, plus our team, obviously, our very, very valuable team. Um, great. But at the end of the day, we're probably going to have to be getting in, you know, networking with investors and, and, and coercing them into, you know, doing business with us. So, yeah. so that was the first way is they're going to give you a certain amount of money and then they want a percentage of the profit. The other way, um, is they're going to give you a certain amount of money and they want a percentage on that money, a return on that money within like what the 12, 12 months, did, did a year. So basically it, it, if you say that you're going to give someone 15%, for example, that means 15% every year. So you might tell them it's going to get done in a year. Let's say it overruns like two months, right? So it's 15% plus two twelfths of 15%. Okay. That, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So if it went two years, it would be 15% one year, 15%, you know, mm -hmm. the next year return mm -hmm. on money. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
So what are the percentage for those people? And I've heard numbers from 8% to 50%. 50%. Yep. Yep. So back in Minnesota, uh, actually in North Dakota, I asked one. So I got a master's degree in construction management. And one of the guys um, there, his dad was big in it. So I go, what does it cost to get money? And he goes, oh, between 8 and 12%. I go, so you could say 10%. And it actually makes sense. Like Minnesota money and North Dakota money makes more sense to us than um, Colorado money and California money. Yeah. Uh, because I think I think Colorado's getting this California vibe. It's just more sharky. Yeah. It's just more sharky. You just get that coast yep. money coming in. So Midwest money is nice. How about that? Midwest money is nice. <laughs> there you go. And since I think we might have to go Midwest money and not this Colorado money. But so I shout out from, Luke Psycho. Yep. Is he going to give us money? <laughs> I don't know. He wants to be an investor. I heard from another developer that we know that he lends out at this rate at 15%. And yeah. he's Colorado. And I thought that was high because I was thinking in the 10 numbers, but like, my, so right. My fiance is a cash. She's a cash lender and she lends out lower than the 15. I mean, she's close to like 10 or 12. Exactly. And then she tells me that she deals with, uh, um, she, other investors that are at the same range, you know, 10, eight, eight to 12% or something like that. Yeah. Uh, what, what I've always, what I've always found interesting about that number is, is let's say, let's say if you have a hundred thousand dollars and you lend it out for a year and you get 12, 12, 12,000 back because it's 12% return. I always thought, man, that seems like, that seems like not very much money for lending out a hundred thousand dollars, but it really is how it really is how it works. Um, I don't know. So I asked, um, because in my head, it, I almost thought too, just like that. A lot of people go into stocks because it's, it's very easy. Yeah. And what's there you go. What's a, this is a comparable, right? Like what is the average return on stocks? So I asked my friend, shout okay. out Mandy P. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he said 10%. 10%. So, um, but real estate's a little bit trickier. So something like it, the number in my head is anywhere between eight and 18%. Yeah. Because 18%, like, okay, I don't normally go into real estate, but my, I know my portfolio gets 10%. 18% is almost double. You know, if, if this is a no brainer, if this is going to work, whatever, it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, why some people might not is because one, they want to stay with something they know they can just put their money into. And then two, I think a lot of people um, think that, oh, in the stocks, one might shoot up like a, a huge percentage, even though, come on, average your portfolio is only going to raise 10% because some are going to go down. And then the other thing is that you need to be playing with a lot of money too. So like for our, for our investment, if we are going to get, you know, a hundred, 150, 200, 300, like I don't know what the minimum is going to be. Might be 25, might be 50 K. So, you know, because you can't have 200 people, you know, oh, you don't want 200 people. Yep. So, and then here's the other thing. There's two investor platforms that are online and I, I know I can't remember the names, but we got to look at their money. Like what, what cabbage. Yeah. Cabbage K A B B A G E is one of them. Is it for real estate though? It's just for business ventures. So you would, you could go, you could, you, it, once you have, you know, and by the way, one of, one of our, one of our, one of the other big tidbits, and this is why I'm mentioning it, that we, that we learned from this. He's an investor friend who we call, I mean, sorry, a developer friend. We've done, we've actually done a couple of his buildings, um, but he's a really good guy. So he said, you guys are gonna have to pump up your, you guys are gonna have to pump up and look at how you look towards investors, right? So 
what I'm getting at is we're going to have, at the end of the day, Alex and I want to put together this booklet that basically showcases like, hey, here's who we are. Here's like this. This is a no brainer deal. Here's all the numbers. Here's the accolades. Here's what we can. Here's all the construction experience. Here's all the architecture experience, blah, 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 blah. Yep. And so what I'm getting at is I think you can go to a place like Cabbage with that in hand. And sh- like, if you have that kind of a documentation, you're a business at that point. Like you're, you're, you're you are saying I'm a business invest in me. Yep. And my investor friend who, who basically said this was basically gonna, was saying like, they're, they might look at you and say, you've never done eight or nine units, yeah. you know, and, and they'll come at, you know, think about the perspective of that. They're like, Oh, you're just two little guys, blah, blah, blah. And at night, in the middle of the night, I was up for with my baby hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and it dawned on me. And I go, holy cow. Because I, I kept thinking, like, I know how hard this is going to be. I know there's going to be subs that aren't going to show up. There's going to be subs that we found out that are drunk. They're going to uh, not. Lance is going to be pissy, and he's going to just ruin yep. the day. Yep. There's going to be a wall that isn't fa- uh, frame straight, right? So we're going to make systems to, you know, Combat, combat this. We're always going to be at the job site, all that. But I know that it's going to be a hard project. But I can't, I can't, I can't help but think like this is so a layup. And the reason I think it's a layup is because me and you can easily and have built houses, yep. right? And think about how complicated some of these houses are. Foundations are at different levels, right? There's two or three different wings. There's maybe two or three different levels, and there's maybe even an intermittent level because of the grade. The first townhomes that. that we did were. They jogged in floor plan and yeah. they jogged in elevation. So you had and ins- there was twenty four of them. And there was twenty four of them. And they were super tight. It was they were the the insanity of the foundations literally exploded like subcontractors' heads. Yeah. So these foundations, it's all at one level. But then this is this was the epiphany. Epiphany. Um, th- just take one unit because they're all repeat units, right? It's eighteen hundred square foot. It's eighteen by thirty eight. It's on a level foundation. And it's straight up. And one of the walls you don't even have to do because it's a partition wall. And then on the interior ones, two of the walls you don't even have to do. And it, it, so <laughs> literally the joists, all the, all the joists, all the trusses are going to be the same length. All the windows are going to be basically the same. So in theory, like, this should be a layup. <laughs> so, so it's really the, the perspective where I'm at is think about, think about a really cool, you know, box that's modern, just 118, you know, 100 square foot. Think about that compared to doing a $500,000 home. And you would have no problem giving us money for one of those. And this is even simpler because we're just going to repeat that eight times. Yeah. Like it's, it, it, if, if we can convince from that angle, if people can see that angle. Well, there's not only, there's not only that angle, but like Alex has a master's degree in construction management. I have an associate's degree in building, building construction tech. Yep. You know, I've held numerous contractor licenses. We're going to hold a contractor license here. Yep. We have, I've uh, built we have, in the army. We, That's yep, a whole we thing. Have a, we have a ton of photographs to show in the portfolio of construction administration work that we performed on all these other buildings. Um, Field work. But, but, but we are still concerned. Like, we're not letting we're not letting off the gas. <clears throat> we aren't taking anything for granted. Yeah. Let's say that. We aren't that that that's the key. That's the key. We almost did it and I think we said in one of the first podcasts where we stopped bringing like examples yeah. when we were trying to get people. So we're not going to do any of that. We're going to go full tilt and let people know uh, what's going on. Um so where was I in numbers? So I think I think basically is we need to be between that that 8 and 18. Right, I don't think eight's really gonna happen unless there's some Minnesota nice people listening. Um, Grandmas, grandma, hello. <laughs> um, 
So then the other thing, he, the, the same developer, he called me this morning. He's like, God, there's one thing I forgot to tell you. Oh, okay. Oh, and another thing he said yesterday is make sure to say basically the, the principles come out first and your the investor's principle comes out first. So um, let's say you were the investor listener and you gave us 100000 Yours comes out first, then our 100000 comes out, and then, then, then your interest comes out. So let's say you had 12% interest or 15% or whatever. Then your interest comes out. Then then we get whatever's left. Really? That's how the sequence works? That's how the sequence works. Huh. So principles first and then their Principle return. of money. I see what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. Then their um, return. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, well, didn't you say this quote yesterday? I don't care about... Or was this... Was this a, I don't care about the return on my investment. I re- care about the return of my investment. Say that one more time. I don't care about the return on my investment. I care about the return of my investment. No, I bet that was I bet that was the developer buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like just give me back my money. Do not kill all of my money. Yeah. Um, and then and then the thing he said this morning was this is what I forgot to tell you is that if you need to use their credit, if the bank says can't just use your credit, need to use someone else's, Ooh. he goes, then that's when prices go up. Oh, I bet they're not. They're so credit. On the line. Wow. Credit is worth something. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Holy cow. Okay. Good to know. Good to know, Al. So, so those are the two kinds of investors. Is there, are there names for these kinds of investors? Like the first versus the second? Is the second just, is, it, is the, would you call it like, um, the first type of investor is, um, they want to return of profit. On, yeah. Percentage of profit, a percentage of profit investor. Or percentage of principal. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So the second is the second is ideally your target is yeah. percentage of principal. And I'm sure there's real names for them, but that seems like good. If names. anybody knows of real names <laughs> and are uh, actually actual email. people who've done this before, email us. AKG. Uh, but he, uh, the developer, also said he goes, I can't remember because he did this a couple of years ago. But you might not be able to offer a percentage of a return on principal because it makes you. He said like it somehow makes you an institution or whatever. Um, so you have to follow like all these, like, Oh, because of the F E S E C or yeah. the SEC, like yeah. you become like a, so I think he said what you can do and we're going to get with that lawyer that, you know, yeah, right. We, we need to get that with that. With that lawyer. And, um, uh, basically you can say, okay, if someone gives us a hundred and a hundred thousand dollars, we'll give you 120 back. Well, that's 20% return, but you just stated in cat, you know? Oh, so that's how you wiggle around Inter- it. interesting but we got to look into that and we're not lawyers so honestly this one we don't we're just speaking out of you know where yeah that's it okay so. objections the next thing you have is objections written what is that about alex says we have show notes every time we go over objections oh the objections was were basically that you haven't done something of this scope before oh, yeah, 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 yeah and basically it's coming back to Yes, we have. This is actually one of the easier. And then the other, the other thing I thought about too was the the tiny houses that we made that transform, literally transform, and everything needs to go that's on about. That's what I, I thought about too. God, that's way harder than this. Way harder than this. <laughs> way way harder. And under like really strict deadlines. Yeah. Um, even even the and even the very first one that we built was under a strict deadline from the television show we did. I mean, God, was, we need it, to bring up the deadlines. And the other one where we built two of them and it transformed that was under budget too. It was under budget. Yep. 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 So I don't know. Don't ever take anything for granted. I think, I think is the big, the big lesson there. So yep. that, that's, that's it for development talk today. Uh, and now we'll do a little bit of a throw uh, flashback, flashback Friday. There you go. Uh, so, uh, there was, um, 
everybody everybody who who's went through architecture school and everybody who hasn't um this is this is all just kind of either a refresher or just some information for you so when you go to architecture school or any kind of design school there's the professors will give you design problems and there's always a classic one that comes up and you're going to maybe do a house for the first time so the professor writes up hey these are the potential clients and it's always something that seems completely unrealistic like the guy is a say jazz musician, and the and the daughter and the the um the wife is a is a scientist, and you have to design to both of their unique personalities because she's like logic oriented, and then then the husband is just um he's more art- artistic and stuff like that. Uh, well, we never thought that would actually happen in real life, but lo and behold, um, way back in 2013, actually it was 2012 was when we were commissioned the, the house. We we landed a client just like that, and uh, it was it was awesome because they bought this really uh, unique piece of land um, in Lakewood that Alex actually looked at I think a year or two before um, we they came in contact with us because it was close to this golf course. It was incredibly cheap. I think they got it for um, like fifteen thousand dollars for like a third of an acre. And in Denver, you couldn't. There's no way you could even find anything like that now, um, let alone then. So they came to us, and they had that written um, summary up, you know, it stated like she was, they were, they're both army, army veterans. Um, it was like this really lengthy story. He's a jazz musician. She's, she's a doctor. So there's like the artistic versus the, versus the logical part. Um, and then they said things like, we want it to be the most unique house in Denver. Uh, everybody that turns a corner when they comes to your house, they, yeah, we want it to be known as the jazz house yep. um, and stuff like that. So, that that really happened, and so we were incredibly excited. This was this is this was after we had done um, one of our first the first bigger project that I actually posted on our Facebook page on Thursday, which is a, a duplex. Uh, so we were thinking this is going to be it. This is going to be like a rock star project. We're going to get in magazines. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. Yep. So we each came up with. I think I came up with the floor plan. You came up with floor plan. And then we had like a hybrid or something like that. Yes. Yep. And then we went down to present it. Right. So there was there was. Um, there's three options. Three options. And then... One one was like a classic modern. One was traditional. Yeah. One was a traditional look. And then one was the mix. The more... The, the F9. Like if you know... <laughs> if you've seen our stuff, you know, shed roofs, cool little kooky, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually at that point, it only looked like a mid-century house. It yeah. was like... It was like your classic mid-century. It got turned... It got F9'd later. Yep. Yep. Um, so I think I presented first for, if not for the story, I presented first. And no, you, no, you presented last. Oh, so what we did was we, we, we sort of had a lead up and I don't know if anybody else ever does this when they go meet with clients. You, you, you could be a listener who has nothing to do with design work, but maybe you're presenting like products to people. So I'm interested to see if anybody else does this. What we did is, and because essentially what we are presenting every time we present a new design is a product. It is a product. It's a building product, right? So we started out with the traditional one, just easing them into like, hey, here's here's the floor plan. You know, it's nice and it was. Uh, I think the floor plan was even very um, conservative from like a square footage standpoint. You know, low budget, blah 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 blah, nothing exciting. Then I showed him mine, and mine is like a classic mid-century layout, form, everything, flat roofs, and then we hit him with Alex's. Just the the super modern, the crazy angles the everywhere. The, you you would swear yeah. the guy worked to Daniel Liebskin. <laughs> 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 for those of you who don't know that's where i used to work anyways um and then i remember i even did sketches 
Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. he even had it all. And but I was, but, but I, we planned all this no, because yeah exactly yeah. I mean we both planned this. We were like exactly. okay this is how we're gonna give this is how we think rockstar architects not that we are but like yeah. this is we're trying to be like them. Yep. This is what they do. So uh, I sketched the mountains and then somehow I sketched like water. And then it was a combination. Oh no, no, of it was it was mountains, water, and a piano key, like the piano keys or something like that. Oh, it was like yeah. three things. So he starts telling this story about like, yeah, and then I combined them, and he's like, this is the nexus, <laughs> this is the intersection. <laughs> Even Inter- though I hate, I hate when people use that now because normally I. I <laughs> It, 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 it's, it's probably not you that are listeners, but you know who I'm talking about. It's they do it. It's way over the top, and then you realize the intersection is BS, where no one actually exists. Like you know, it's like I'm the intersection of piano, cats, and Teslas. Like what? <laughs> That's not even a real intersection. <laughs> no, the cat. <laughs> put the cat for on the Tesla. And then you drive with a piano. Wow. <laughs> wow. Blowing minds. So uh, after that whole presentation and that whole lead up, they, they, they were blown away. They were blown and, away. And we walked out of that meeting going, this is, this is it. We're going we're gonna to do one of Denver's coolest houses. Like It's going to be in every magazine. This is a dwell house. This is going to yep. put us on the map. Like we're, This is it. I mean, it looked like a spaceship. And they said, they go, we want this last one. You yep. remember that? Yeah, they did. We want this last one. They're like, holy cow, this is it. Yep. And then time happened. <laughs> tick, <laughs> tick, See, this is where tick, if, I was a good, if I was a good producer, You'd I would splice in, in some. I thought my little voice was pretty good, but about a week later, we're sitting at the office and we were driving though. Maybe, whatever. Yeah. But and we were both we were both there when we got the email. Yep. And they basically said, after some consideration and some thought, we decided to go with the middle one. And and then a whole email about, but we want to make sure this happens, this happens, this happens. And then you did what from your perspective, what happened? I won. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> Uh, For those of you who don't know, I beat Alex in our thesis. Uh, but crushed him handedly. That was one project. I he had a w- girlfriend at the time and just took up all his time. <laughs> I want. I have to say this. I won best student Alpha Rokai Award, which is voted by all the faculty. <laughs> so it's the best student of like everything, everything. So okay. we still argue oh, about. Oh, okay. It. So yeah. So that's what I thought is. I literally thought like. Well, first I was actually disappointed. Um, I was genuinely disappointed. And two things at once. I right. mean, you can have two, two, two motions at once. So I was disappointed because I, I, I'm telling you, we came out of that meeting high five and driving back to Longmont. It was incredible. Yep. And then all of a sudden we got that and we go, shoot. Well, Alex was like, what did you say? What did you say? Because then we, we, we were driving and then we got back to the house. Yep. Back to your apartment slash office. And then I can't remember if you were just stewed about it and then you decided to write the email or how right. it worked. Yeah. Right. So, so. I don't know. I think we probably gave it a day or whatever, but I think we, we did give it a day. And by the way, that's a good rule of thumb. If you get a nasty, if you get an email that upsets you yep. or, or that's a hot button, if you can give it a day and sleep on it and then, yep. then write back, I think you're in better shape. And I think you remind me if I'm wrong, but this is how I would write the email today if I even was going to. And it was basically, we have never done this since what he's about to tell you about. Exactly. Way. And I want to talk about that too, because I think there's one time where it maybe would have been appropriate. Okay. So, um, 
we said, hey, remember the emotions like at, at REI, because that's where we had it, um, you know, how you're so excited. And then, and then we acknowledged all these other things that they wanted in the program. We believe that we could mix these two together. We could, you know, keep that gut reaction, something that you really, really loved, mm-hmm. and then take the practical side mm-hmm. and put it in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they emailed back. And said uh, no, <laughs> and handedly, handedly said no. I mean, she, and it was it was the doctor, the the, yeah. the female doctor, and she was uh, the husband. They're they're awesome people. They're so yeah, awesome. They are, they're they're some of our best clients, like uh, that we've ever had. So God bless them. But but she was very stern. Yeah, <laughs> you could tell like she's the logical one. She's you know, it, it might if 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 it would have been just him and maybe he's more handedly, maybe they would have picked Alex's crazy, crazy rock star, awesome, leave skinny house. Yep. It was stern, but then also I don't think I took that as bad too, but because it was so logical and doctored, it's like if Spock yells at you, he's not really mad at you. You know, he's yeah. just this we are doing this because of this, 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 this. So blah, blah, blah. so that was the first and only time we ever really we ever really tried to be capital A architects. And push push our design on somebody like that, and really be heavy handed, and we we haven't done it since. And um, because you said, why well, don't tell me what did I say? We're never doing that again. <laughs> 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 so our own projects, we do we do crazy stuff, and then we always do suggest you know cool things or you know in but uh, yeah we don't we don't come from that. A, you know, separate approach where, you know what, here's how we, here's how we, here's how we still do that in a way. Um, so, uh, after it was like, I think we said this before and if we haven't, okay, here we're saying it now is we do one, we do, we, we get our design fix. Alex and I get a design fix basically by our one cool project a year. And then just kind of managing and being like the stewards of the media the social media doing stuff like this. Right. We, we, we get our creative fix. But um, so much so that we're, we're, we actually design a lot less than everybody might think, even though we're, we run and operate a small firm. Like, yeah. I, we are so happy to just give projects to our, uh, to our employees now who are very talented designers and just turn them loose. But that's why. With, I, with parameters. Yeah. So I've often for years seen really cool stuff in, in, in books and know that some of it's not going to be built. So there was a Guggenheim. I think it was a museum that they were going to make on the east side of New York. They were going to build into the, is that the Hudson on that side? I can't remember. But along Roosevelt, if, if you ever lived there. And it was cool. It was by Gary. It was insane. Never got built. I'm like, oh, God, I just want that to exist. Mm. I want that to exist. Um, so some of the stuff that our guys do, I'm just like, this is awesome. I didn't have to do anything. And this is really good. And so, <laughs> and so because, because like there's, um, and then like, here, what am I trying to say here? Because we just turn them loose and let them do uh, stuff on the creative side, and because they they haven't went through that rejection yet, you know, from a client or anything like that, and, and we provide that buffer between them, that allows us to still like push push the envelope a bit here and there and suggest things that we're like Alex and I might get a set of drawings back. Um, there's a house in Erie that we just did where we uh, the designer that the, one of the employees that I was working with he still works for us. Um, we had these really cool slanted steel columns on the back deck. And if you notice our work, like for some reason we like slanted columns. Yep. So, so we, we, we did them, we drew them up and stuff like that. And I probably wouldn't have suggested it. Like if I was the primary architect on the project, I don't think I would do it. And I wouldn't, I don't think I would do it because I just know at the end it's going to get cut. 
It's going to get cut. Here's a question. Honestly, I think I overheard. Did it get cut? It got cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's still very cool. It's not nearly as cool. Um, so I don't know. That's I, that's, if, if anybody else ever goes through the same kind of stuff, I think you can still get you can still get that surge of creativity in the back end, and maybe it just comes through the people that are working with you. Yeah. So there was another client, um, Boulder client. And this is where... so We could have done it again. I think the same thing would have happened, honestly. Really? Yep. But Boulder client, they were doing a vacation home. And first we did, I don't know, it was probably 2,500 square foot, huge glass, really cool, big designs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they came back to us and they said, hey, we found um, this floor plan online. We kind of want something like this. It was like 800 square and, foot. Right. And they just they wanted it to be net positive at the end of the day, meaning yep. it would produce more energy than it created. Well, the big, cool glass stuff we wanted to do would not have done that. Yep. And they're you know, from Boulder too. So they have a sensitivity, um, to, to sustainability, not that other people can't, but you know, Boulder does have that kind of thought process. It's an enclave. Sure. And one of the words they use is like, Oh, we don't want to, um, disturb the environment that much. And I remember when we went out there, I asked them, Hey, what's the coolest place like on oh, your, yeah. on your site? And it was basically this mound, this, they this, this knoll of rocks. Yeah. And you could see the view was incredible from there. And it was actually the high point of the site. And really, that's where we the house should have ended up anyway. So, But not on there. So I wanted to suggest Flood House. Because Flood House only has a footprint of like 100 square foot. And then it's elevated up. And it would go kind of right to that hill part. It's basically cantilevered over the earth. Yep. And then look right over that. Um and it was very small. I think it was, you know, 1500 square foot or something like that. Uh, a very efficient floor plan. But I think they would have, I think they would have said no, but in my head, I was like, Oh, if you want a light footprint, if you want a light foot and we know you have the money, you're going to do something huge. And this you is a it. very well to do business owner in Boulder. Yeah. 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 This would have been a lighter footprint than that. What do you, do you think they would have said? I don't know. You're kind of making me second guess the project now. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up being just this kind of like, you know, regular little cabin. It's got, it's got, it's a, actually, um, the siding is all core 10, which is kind of cool, but it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing fancy. No, but it's honestly, a cute little cabin is all it is. What, what do you think? What do you think they would have, they would have said? He's um, a cool client. 50, I like 50. Him. I think he maybe would have entertained it. I think he maybe would have entertained it. You know what? It probably would have, if we would have, we were just too closely burnt at that point. Too closely burnt and said, Hey, by the way, Here's another design that we have. It's unbuilt, but we think it might be a light footprint. Um, you know, because of that reason, it barely touches the ground. It could be over your, um, you know, over your favorite place. And then say, but we, we're just sending you this because because we have it. Happy to do the other one too. You know, like some sort of wording like like that too. So it's not like we're trying to shove something down. Their exactly. Throat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we'll get there at some point. I don't know. And and the other the other the other part of the equation is, I think. At the end of the day, you have to attract those kind of clients that are willing to spend that kind of money, and it's not even a question in their mind. Yeah. You know, like they 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 are firm set on they want a one hundred percent unique thing, and they have the budget for us. Yeah, for it. So, anyway, that's that's the spirit animal lesson of the day and uh, our in our story on a, on a flashback Friday. Yep. Uh, have a great weekend. Email us with any questions or any stories that you have about your uh, best or worst advice, and we'll see you next Friday. Ciao.